morning. It's December 12th, 2020. It's been an entire month since the last episode of Rock Hard Caucus was released, but we're back. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> not long enough, if you ask me. <laughs> I guess we missed a holiday. Uh, I uh, stayed up a little bit too late playing Super Mario Odyssey, so I'm... And I slept like shit, so I'm pretty tired, so apologies if I'm a little bit low energy today. I am. You know, I still need to finish Super Mario Odyssey. Like, I bought the, uh, whatever, the pack of three games where it comes with that, and it comes with, uh... Wait, no, that's Galaxy. I do have a copy of Odyssey, though, that I haven't quite finished yet. Uh, I like to do this thing where I buy, like, $300 worth of games at a time, and then I never play them ever. (laughs) I just end up scrolling Twitter instead, and, like, talking about farts in the DM. Mm-hmm. I pirate them, so it's a lot better. I never have to play them. Yeah, I'm borrowing it from Ashley's brother, so I'm probably just going to binge it for another week and then give it back to him. Yeah, I uh, I didn't sleep very well either myself. My uh, my cat kept waking me up all night. Uh, like He likes to get up on my dresser and like beat at the blinds mm-hmm. and like rattle them and meow. And then he'll get up and get behind the TV on the other dresser and he'll meow. And then he'll hide behind it so I can't get him and make noise. Ugh. I keep a I keep a squirt bottle by my bed so I can just like shoot him off of there whenever he's up there because I have to get up. And uh, he can like hear me picking it up now, and he like will stop doing what he's doing because he's pretty smart, I guess. But so I've decided that anytime I see him around the house sleeping today, I'm gonna wake him up <laughs> as revenge. I've, yeah, one of our cats is a little bit like that, and I've tried that, but. It doesn't really change her behavior at all. Yeah. I woke up it's to a more an immediate fix. cat puke <laughs> on my, uh, well, I fed the cats and then she, one of my cats likes to like binge and purge, I guess. Yeah, me too. I got one of those little so, factory. Yeah. She just eats way too much, like when immediately when I feed her and then just like pukes like 30 seconds later and then tries to like eat you most think they of would it back up. After a She's while. disgusting. <laughs> like She's you really foul. think they would learn. I feed my cats at the same time every day when I get home from work because, like, two of them are supposed to be on a diet. One of them's pretty chunky, but the other one's just, like, a big fucking cat. Like, when we took him in, the doctor was like, oh, yeah, your cat's overweight. He's 22 pounds. And I'm like, he's fucking, like, four feet tall when he stands up. Like, of course he weighs 22 pounds. He's, he's, he's bigger than, like, a schnauzer. Like, he's the size of a fucking adolescent golden retriever. Like, like I can see his hips and shit. Like, he's not... Like, he's not fat, he's just, he's a large boy, which is very nice to have, like, walk across your face in the middle of the night while you're trying to sleep, it, like, knocks the wind out of you. Anyway, this is Rock Hard Caucus, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's Iowa's favorite podcast, Iowa's only podcast, we're here to talk about uh, the winners and losers uh, in, <laughs> in right. politics. Uh, yes. My name is Justin, I host and produce the show. And I've got the three other founders of the show here today. We've got Natalie. Hey. Welcome back. We've got Evan. Yo, what up? I'm still here. Welcome back also. I mean, Happy we've to all be back. Yeah. We've all been on a break, I've missed so it. it's it's welcome back to all of us. And of course, we've got Chuck. Hello. Welcome back to Chuck also. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what did we miss? What what happened in our absence? Anybody see anything? I've been kind of out of it. Any uh, politics news? No, basically nothing has <laughs> happened. Our big wet president is having a lot of fun on his way out the door. Absolutely. The law and order president is now turning against the uh, courts, which is very funny to me. Yeah. 
You know, I've been waiting, you know, like for Trump's first his candidacy and then his presidency, waiting for the moment where there's like a split where like people are like, oh, wait, like this shit is like, like the point where he crosses the line where he loses people. And I think like it took him losing the election. Like I was so optimistic that it would happen like early on in his presidency (laughs) and it never did. And now it's like, yeah. Now that he lost, like, there's an actual cleave. It's like 24% of, only 24% of Republicans think that Holy shit. the election uh, results are valid, but, like, yeah, <laughs> that's you know enough, just, you know? Uh, so as you were saying that, I just, my phone started ringing and I put it on silent, and you know how there's, like, a preview of, like, who's calling you and, like, where it's from, if you have, I know Android at least does that, but it just says... U.S. Gov calling from Austin, Texas. Oh shit! Oh, that's that's probably Alan West. I was just gonna bring that up. Oh uh, no! So te- Texas might be seceding. <laughs> I mean, oh, they're no. they're not going to. But uh, the Texas GOP chairman Alan West, if you guys are familiar with with that guy. Wow, what a segue! Uh, nice job. <laughs> he's uh yeah he's he's calling on uh I, I forget the phrasing he used, but you know people who agree that the election was stolen to real uh, patriots. I think is the phrase. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> break off into their own. What do we call them? Confederate, uh, a confederacy of dissenting voices. <laughs> <laughs> I also have been a little out of the loop myself. I've been working a bunch, and then when I'm not, I'm just like doom scrolling on Twitter. Which there's not many politics on my feed if you know me very well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anytime anything important gets talked about in our dm either i just like i never look at it i just like come in at the end of the day to like here look at this picture of like uh you know <laughs> something horrible <laughs> everyone else at least familiarizes themselves with the last couple posts in the dm <laughs> <laughs> just like kicking the door like <laughs> Just like, here's something disgusting, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm on my lunch break right now. Look at this thing that I saw. <laughs> uh, the, the the idea of a state seceding because of uh, President Deals from New York uh, losing, <laughs> especially a state like Texas, is extremely funny to me. I know that we've talked about this numerous times, maybe not on the show, but I know just amongst ourselves about how funny it is that the like this fucking private school blue blood uh rich yeah rich boy uh narcissist fuck uh who's you know a coastal elite has been so become so beloved by people in states like texas that consider themselves like very rough and tumble blue collar uh fuck your feelings blah 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 kind (laughs) of people and the fact that they're like yes we're secession is in progress because he lost uh is just I would never have dreamed this was going to happen. Like a few days before the election, I was like, "Yeah, Trump's going to win." Blah blah blah. But I never saw it like going to this level. You know, <laughs> like even even though it's not going to happen, it's still extremely funny to think about. Yeah, and Texas has sort of softly threatened to secede many times in the yeah. past. Yeah, but you know, with with Alan West at the helm, I think they've got a real shot this time. That guy's a real winner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust any men named Alan. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, he does spell it A L L E N. If that makes a difference. Uh-oh, oh, that's actually worse. <laughs> yeah, like a wrench. Well, while we're talking about elections, I do have uh, a piece here that ran in the Des Moines Register a few days ago. If we want to get back to basics on the show, or I just read articles. Has anyone ever figured out how to successfully get around the Des Moines Register paywall? Actually, if you're listening to this and you know a way to get around the Des Moines Register paywall, hit us up. Yes, please. Please do, because I, like, open up, like, I mean, we could... browsing, and, like, I, I, I try everything. Yeah, you, like, <laughs> disable JavaScript. Yeah. Uh, that works on a lot of sites. The New York Times is, like, so easy to get around. But We could use our Patreon money to just buy a subscription, but no, <laughs> that would require giving money well, to them. Right. They're on my damn media. I have a vendetta against... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one thing we won't do is pay them. <laughs> I'd rather die. <laughs> I'd r- literally rather kill myself. <laughs> but they do have some good reporters, also. <laughs> but it's the principle of the thing. We could pay the reporters directly. Maybe they we could pay them to use their account. Yeah. Or maybe account. they could get us discounted. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the one guy that we've talked to isn't uh, employed by them anymore. That's true. <laughs> Maybe he has an account, though. Yeah. Maybe we can like leech a off of Aaron. <laughs> account, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this comes from uh, somebody, well, this is an Iowa View contributor uh, by the name of Terry Branstad. Anyone Uh-oh. familiar? <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, so anyone uh, maybe outside of Iowa who's not familiar with our state government history. Terry Branstad was the governor of this state twice, uh, very recently, the second time. Forever. Yeah, he was a president or governor forever from like the (laughs) 80s and 90s. Yeah. And then there was like two Democratic governors and then he went back. Mm -hmm. I believe the longest uh, tenure of an Iowa governor ever. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, Trump sent him to China and he was, uh, he left the seat for Kim Reynolds. So he uh, he wrote a piece for the Des Moines Register the other day, which is called Iowans, not Nancy Pelosi, should decide the winners of Iowa elections. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I bet this is going to be very interesting. This sounds like a reasonable person making yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a reasonable point. <laughs> yeah, so uh, is anyone aware of the efforts of Nancy Pelosi to uh, throw <laughs> the elections here in Iowa? So- it's been happening. Uh well I mean the Rita Hart campaign appealed mm-hmm. to the House of Representatives directly yep, uh, you got it. to get their uh, <laughs> election results reviewed which is interesting considering that Nancy Pelosi does <laughs> currently control the house but yes Evan has successfully guessed the topic of Terry Branstad's uh little editorial here uh I'll just start reading his words as Iowans we are rightfully proud of our election system why would we be proud of this? <laughs> it was just this year the Iowa caucuses. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the Democrats. It was like a fucking lifetime. That's ago. the Democrats. <laughs> I mean, Democrats. granted, we do have same day registration. They didn't pass voter ID until like a couple years ago. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we do have voter ID though. We do. Yeah, yeah. So I got one sentence in. I already disagree with uh, <laughs> the premise here. Many of the problems that plague other states are not seen here. <laughs> yeah, things are good here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they counter them ballots faster than a lot of places, so I'm just sticking up for Iowa here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Counting the ballots where they're stacking they the count. They did their job. They <laughs> counted those fucking ballots. 
deliver the victory to <laughs> Donald Trump. Everyone may be dead here from the virus and our hospitals are full. Yeah. God damn it, didn't count those fucking ballots. Yeah, that's true. It's easier to count uh, the votes if uh, most of your population dies before the election. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> our elections are open, transparent, and fair encouraging Iowans to be civic-minded and have a basic level of trust in their elected officials. Uh, felons still can't vote, right? That hasn't been... No, not yeah. in Iowa. <laughs> it's going to happen, but they could not know. This year, reflecting their confidence in our system, Iowans turned out in record numbers to let their voices be heard. As someone who knows firsthand what it is like to have your name on the ballot, I know that once the votes have been counted and the election certified, you're ready to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> what a hard job yeah i don't know if i could do it i just look at kim reynolds and i think wow what a this must really suck to be kim reynolds we've tried nothing and we're out of ideas i like how uh like things are worse right now than they were back in like march when people were like sanitizing their groceries and like mm-hmm. everything was closed mm-hmm. but like like nothing's really changed that like it's like the there's there's fewer precautions in place now than there was back then even though it's we're, yeah. we're doing 9-11 to ourselves every day yeah we just pretend it's not happening we've completely like normalized death yeah. that's what i'm saying you got to congratulate kim reynolds for her work on reopening the economy <laughs> yeah and the thing too is like it's almost um like obviously covid is it's it's fatal it has long-lasting effects to people that get it a lot of the time but uh even if you know you end up just getting sort of a mild case of it or whatever i don't think a lot of people understand that like that person can't go to work for two weeks and like that's two weeks of lost wages if they're working hourly especially that's also mm-hmm. hypothetically that they even take two yeah. weeks off well yeah exactly yeah. so it's like yeah i don't know like if people saying like it's just a flu it's not a fucking big deal like it's a big fucking deal to like if you go into someone's, you know, workplace as a laugh and joke and numb nuts that doesn't feel like they need to wear a mask, right? right. You happen to get an employee there sick. But well, I think I mean, the bigger point is that Republicans getting elected to Congress is more important than any of this shit. I agree. <laughs> yes, I agree completely, and that's not ironic. I truly believe that. Uh, yeah, actually, in the the month we took off of the show, we all changed our voter registration. Yes, <laughs> we Republicans. Yeah. Now. <laughs> we the uh, the Democrat the the Iowa caucus really left a thorn on our side. That uh, really the you know it never healed and yeah. now it's festering over. <laughs> We've decided it's actually uh, more realistic to push the Republicans to the left. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a strange form of accelerationism. We'll explain it's more in the next true, episode. Though. I hope it isn't true, but yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it could be true in the so near future. <laughs> Hey, what if we combine nationalist politics with yeah. a little bit of leftist <laughs> economics? Yeah. No one's ever done that before. But only f- leftist <laughs> oh, economics, but idea. only for white people. But yeah, only, only for, for white people. people. <laughs> we could call it some kind of like national socialism. <laughs> yeah, now you're thinking. I like that idea. Yeah, Let me yeah. just Google that real quick. If someone puts that shit together, we're done. <laughs> yeah, you just need a very charismatic leader to. Uh, Please put a yeah. disclaimer at the beginning of, of this episode. <laughs> Yeah, Trump was like is dipping his toes in it, but as soon as a skilled leader is like decides to start cutting cutting checks to white people, it's not it's not good. This is sounding better and better, actually. <laughs> hey, I'm white. Yeah, I, I check all those boxes. Like socialism, but it was like really nationalist. 
and we call it like the National Socialist Party. I think that that has yeah. a real, really rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in reality, it'll just be them just giving money to like rural states and shit. Yeah, again, that's in particular, that's like, another box. That's true, but but we're in a. They'll only give it to like counties that went Republican, and then it'll be oh, up to yeah. like the uh, people in those counties to distribute the money as they see fit. Us big city slickers don't get none of that money. <laughs> yeah. Well, all that money is going to go to car dealerships then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of national socialism, though. Uh, <laughs> so there's uh, a bill in the Senate that Bernie is pushing to send checks to people, and it's co-sponsored by Josh Hawley. Yep. Yep. So, That's true. Uh, seems like there there really is sort of a <laughs> red-brown alliance going on in the Senate. Do better, well, Bernie. Populism is bad. Yeah. See, this is what would have happened. There's no way that Biden would ever work with any Republicans at all. And Bernie's doing it without even being president. So just imagine if he'd won. <laughs> Bernie is doing fascism. Yeah, he is. He's doing the fun kind of fascism, though, where you get money. God, I almost, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, honestly, if Bernie became president, there would be a certain number of Republicans who would actually be on board with a lot of what he was doing One and it might actually so change it might actually change the tune of some of those gop Absolutely. lawmakers if that's what they're hearing so I think, they, I think they would realize that it would serve the interests of their constituents within whatever right. state they're representing like by and large like people would support it without like like they would see it more as an expansion of what people already have rather than you know some sort of system being unplugged and you know you're plugging something back in which i think is what people yeah. It's scary to people. But, but no, we can't have yeah. that. Sorry. No. <laughs> no, no. We get President uh, President Applesauce brains and then the cop lady <laughs> that we all fucking bullied right out of the fucking primary yeah. within like two weeks uh, back in yeah, we February. Soundly rejected. I'm going to bring us back home again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is uh, Terry Branstad again, in case you forgot what we're reading. We are fresh off another election season, and the newly elected officials are ready to get to work. But there is one race in Iowa that still occupies headlines. And I'll note that they break here in the Des Moines Register uh, with a link to Democratic View, uh, an article called Take the Time to Count Each Vote in Iowa's Second. So they've got both sides represented here in the oh, Des Moines nice. Register. Oh, nice. Good. Perfect. <laughs> so it's uh, paid. It's like pack money i assume uh this or is that an ad i'm sorry no 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 it's it's just a link to oh, another, okay. another oh. one of their opinion oh, okay pieces. i thought it was like an ad for like <laughs> some democratic group saying like count the vote no no it's it's just they've got both sides represented here in their opinion section ah. they want to make sure you read both sides i'm yeah, not going to read the other one boring of course yeah that's not as interesting <laughs> On election night, in the congressional race to represent Southeast Iowa, Marionette Miller-Meeks narrowly prevailed. It was a close race, and after a canvas, Miller-Meeks' opponent asked for a recount across all 24 counties in the district. Miller-Meeks prevailed again. After the election day victory, the initial canvas, and the district-wide recount, a unanimous vote by the bipartisan state canvassing board certified Miller-Meeks as the winner. Can't argue with them there. Didn't she win by like six votes? Yes, after it, the recount, yeah. Yeah, the final count had Marionette Miller makes winning by 6, which is the closest Yeah, the closest race I think in the whole country in like I don't remember the the numbers, but at least like 50 years. Our um podcast very well may have discouraged at least 6 people from voting for <laughs> six, for Rita Hart. Yeah, baby. We're doing voter suppression. <laughs> 
that's yeah. what I like to imagine at least. Yeah, when they had done like the first recount and they were the still apart by like I don't know thirty votes or something, I had that thought. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not taking credit, but <laughs> I bet we have more than thirty listeners <laughs> in the second district. And I did do a whole episode about how Rita Hart sucks. So yep, <laughs> that's true. Oh well, listen to all her ads. <laughs> Democrats, it's time to listen to me. editorial, <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. Democrats. <laughs> I can throw the election. <laughs> Democrats, it's time for you to buy me cyberpunk. Bring unity together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whirling, whirling towards freedom. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can do this again next time. If you don't uh, run the candidates that I like, I'm going to convince. 20 to 30 people not to vote for <laughs> That will throw the whole thing. You got a razor-thin margin here. You don't want to test fate. But instead of accepting the will of Iowans through our trusted process, former state senator Rita Hart claims mysteriously that there are, quote, more votes to be counted. She says this despite the fact that every vote has already been counted once on election day and again by bipartisan recount boards in each of the 24 counties. Every legal vote has been examined and counted twice. Heart lost, fair and square. It sounds familiar. Have <laughs> you guys seen any kind of uh, parallel? Yeah, there might be some sort of parallel here. <laughs> oh, <not me. laughs> but I guess they didn't count the votes twice. I mean, wait, never mind. They did. <laughs> One thing that comes to mind here is that so each of these counts came up with different uh, results. Marionette Miller makes still won each time, but the numbers changed each time. So it's like he's mm-hmm. he's trying to put this out there like we know exactly how many votes there are for each candidate and we've counted them twice. But if you get different numbers each time, it's like. Yeah, obviously it's not like that cut and dry. Well, yeah, well there is uh, statistics that show or like uh, results that showed that there is like seventy some people who like voted for both of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> and like, <laughs> I love America. Just a bunch of like you know. So much. <laughs> I mean, I I can understand why the vote counts change, and like that's been the case in like other states counting the presidential mm-hmm. results you know like trump spent like three million dollars in wisconsin and like lost 130 votes <laughs> or you know biden gained 130 right like it's pretty funny yeah i mean that's just how it goes but like yeah. he's he's presenting it as if it's like yep we've got a big stack of uh read a hard folks we got a big number, stack and then we got the same number i do the same goddamn thing i'd make him recount it as many times <laughs> as possible <laughs> <laughs> yeah how about a twitch stream where yes, he like himself counts all of them yeah and then plays among us with it's AOC. just like weeks long <laughs> twitch stream <laughs> he's he's got like a the whiteboard behind him and he tallies yeah. off of the votes <laughs> he's got a cookie monster hat on i would love to see uh terry branstead play any kind of video game <laughs> what does he look like now does he look like fucking shit i'm gonna like him up <laughs> yeah, he looks like a titanic adventure out of time kind of guy to me <laughs> Greatest PC adventure game ever made. Oh, just, yeah. Just saying it right now. You can buy it on Steam now. I just figured that out. But I have the disc. No worries. <laughs> Both discs, because one of them is a tour of the ship. Oh, there's nice. the game, and then there's the tour with all the shit. Or one of the various uh, classic uh, putt-putt titles as well. You want to see Terry Branstad play those? Yes. I'll yeah. see what I can do. <laughs> Maybe putt-putt joins the circus. <laughs> Natalie, how would you uh, describe Terry Branstad's physical appearance since you just looked it up? <laughs> I just 
not thinking of his like just nasty mustache face, like what he would say to you while he was talking to you. Ugh. A mustache on your ear from behind, or what's going on, Daddy? Wow. <laughs> someone who was like really wanted to make you clear that they love eating pussy and they're so mad at it. I was about to make a very What's graphic joke about that, but I'm, maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll pass on that. <laughs> like he has this like intensely manicured mustache and I bet he's just yeah. horrific at Ugh. eating pussy and insists on doing it to you no matter how uncomfortable it makes you <laughs> 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 like that, don't you? <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's what I think about <laughs> We've, uh, yeah, I touched on some interesting stuff in this episode so far. I've made, I've made good points. Um, we can go back to his editorial, but sure. I do think he's the man who prides himself on his absolutely horrific, wet, disgusting pussy eating. And <laughs> well. Just- just slabbering around down there and then insisting that he is like <laughs> made you come just, just slobbing on <laughs> everything in sight like no tact whatsoever <laughs> just like and it just creates the cycle again because you're like yeah that was great I, I'm, <laughs> I feel so satisfied because you wanted to stop and then he's like yeah I did great I'm going to do that again forever to everyone yeah. <laughs> every single time <laughs> <laughs> this is starting to seem very uh, personal to you, Natalie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need to record with Stella before. <laughs> so I can get these thoughts out. Uh, you're being very unfair to men, I think, though. Um, actually, Natalie. So uh, I'm not laughing anymore. <laughs> okay, let's uh, take Terry seriously again. Let's <laughs> read I don't think his... I'll ever be able to. Yeah, ever that's going to change my perception of him. Just like glazed donut looking whiskers when he's done. Uh, I can, I mean, I can picture it. <laughs> Iowa law gives candidates. <laughs> Iowa <damn> law. <laughs> Iowa law gives candidates one last avenue to challenge an election. If Hart believed that the recount excluded ballots that should have been counted, she could have raised those issues with Iowa's neutral judges through a judicial election contest. <laughs> Who appointed those judges, Terry? Uh, <laughs> a neutral party. Yeah. Which definitely exists in an election. Mm-hmm. I wonder if any of those judges might have... Actually, the governor appoints judges in Iowa, right? I guess I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a simpleton. I wonder how many judges Terry Branstead may have appointed during his tenures from uh, 1983 to 1999 and then from 2011 to 2017. God, that's fucking crazy to think about, isn't it? And I love that, like, if you've appointed the judges, you can, like, go and be sanctimonious about, like, well, we need to let the neutral arbiters of the law decide this. Well, the judiciary is good now because Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh voted against that Texas lawsuit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And all of the Trump appointees have been shooting down his lawsuits, too. Which is so fucking funny They have integrity. They are neutral. Yeah. I'm not giving these people any credit whatsoever, but it's so fucking funny to me to see uh, these people that he like shoehorned into these positions, thinking they would just do his bidding. Yeah, just being like, uh, 
Yeah. Nah. They like, still have to consider their careers. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> and it turns out they actually only cared about abortion and union busting and never yeah. about him. And right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Trump was a means to an end for those people. Like, exactly. Get yeah. the court, solidify our majority in the court. We can do whatever we want for like 50 years. Mm-hmm. It's like the hyenas mauling Scar at the end of Lion King, except they're still hyenas at the end and they're going to keep mauling <laughs> other people as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, he like truly believed like these are my people yeah they're like, loyal they're to me to defend me and he fucked they're around nothing without out. me yeah he, <laughs> he, he the, did yeah where would you be without me you're nothing without me what are you doing like <laughs> fuck off uh but Hart didn't trust iowa's process rather she skipped over iowa's impartial judiciary and picked a washington dc political process mm. <laughs> i mean that's our nation's capital and all of that but ugh. We don't want any political processes happening there. (laughs) (laughs) She says she is going to contest the election results in the U.S. House of Representatives. Instead of a panel of Iowa judges hearing her case, she will present it to a partisan committee. (laughs) Yay. Nonpartisan judges, because judges are not. If we could get this scam out of our motherfucking head, because only one side believes it, and that's the fucking law. The Democrats will gladly lose this election if it means that they look like they're being the bigger person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if, if, I mean, they've obviously recounted it, or like every count, she's been ahead. So, like, I don't think there's any way that Rita Hart actually ends up winning. No, I don't think they're going to. They just love a moral victory. And they just love being the ones who put impartiality above all else. Yeah. I mean, they counted the votes for Trump. So, I mean, they counted the votes. Sounds like, like she lost. Motherfuckers. What, like, your job is to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you not cheating for us? <laughs> yeah, because getting Rita Hart <laughs> into Congress would be, like, such a big win for us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's why I uh, definitely voted for her. Uh, yeah, whoops! You're one of the yeah, you're one of the six people this podcast influenced. Uh, this is not the rule of law; it is the rule of power. That's pretty badass, Terry. I'm gonna yeah, steal I think that. so too. <laughs> if Nancy Pelosi wants to shove aside the person elected by Iowans, she can do it. Okay, but she's not going to. This is wrong, and Iowans should say so. They should tell Hart and Pelosi that we elect our own leaders. A California politician should not be allowed to select who represents us. All Iowans, Republicans, Democrats, and Independents should reject Rita Hart's political power move. She should accept defeat, and if she wishes, run again in two years. That is what Iowans deserve. <laughs> yeah, we deserve a lot. Like, yeah, she, a lot of she, things, really. Maybe like Marionette Miller Meeks, if she just keeps running, eventually she'll win. Yes. We deserve Rita Hart running over and over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> oh, man. Surely there is no better candidate for Iowa's second <laughs> district. And that's how we ended it. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what he's calling for there. He says that Iowans should all reject Rita Hart's political power move, but I'm not sure w- how do we do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you, Terry. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you go outside and say, I reject it. Call Nancy yeah. Pelosi's office. Yes. I want to be on record right now that I reject Rita Hart's power move. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done now. I right? think the whole podcast. We do have a platform, so I guess we can oh, do that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to steal from uh, Stella's uh, Twitter and say that there is one way that Rita Hart could be elected to Congress. How's that? Well, uh, if if you've noticed, Rita Hart and Marionette Miller-Meeks uh, look very similar. <laughs> ah, of course. <laughs> uh, Brilliant. <laughs> so I think if Rita just shows up, no one's going to know. <laughs> Nobody else in Congress like knows who either of them are, right? Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Or, or maybe I there could be like a, a Freaky Friday situation because, like, <laughs> functionally, what's the difference between Marionette Miller Meeks? I mean, I guess Marionette Miller Meeks is more, you know, friendly to like white supremacists, um, which yeah. is bad. But I'm sure that Rita Hart could pass as <laughs> as fucking Marionette Miller Meeks if she were to somehow like eat a magical fortune cookie that caused him to switch bodies. They yeah, yeah. look the fucking same. I could not pick... Well, I couldn't pick either of them out of the lineup, but I couldn't tell you the difference between the two of them either. <laughs> They've got a different smile, but uh, they are very similar-looking people. And I wish Rita Hart the best in her schemes, uh, whether they be convincing Nancy Pelosi to steal the election for her or just impersonating her opponent. <laughs> So you're saying all white women look alike, or <laughs> what, dude? I think it's is that. Can I get in trouble for that? Or <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. I guess I'll have to wait and see what happens after we publish this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to cut it, so we'll okay, see. Okay, good. Tweet at us if you're offended, especially on my behalf. <laughs> yes, email Justin if you're offended, please. <laughs> Natalie does feel uh, bullied and silenced whenever we talk about white women on here. She's very personally offended. <laughs> yeah, same as the three of us get offended whenever like white males are getting bagged on. That's right, yeah. <laughs> That's a very normal um, thing to do. I'm going to say white males are basically better than white females. <laughs> uh, I don't yeah, know about say, that. <laughs> some say uh, we've had it too good for too long, but uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Team white women is not knocking out of the park lately. <laughs> no, y'all are y'all are taking some L's right now. They're stacking <laughs> up. <laughs> women posting their L's. <laughs> that fucking account. <laughs> that dude that runs the account. He, if you, the, a little while ago, people were making fun of him because he posted something. He's like, "Oh, I need a new couch for my apartment. Uh, can you guys please give me money for it?" <laughs> Jesus, that's posting. That's a man posting his L yeah, online for sure. Yeah. You don't go fund me for a couch, bro. That's fucked up. You go fund me for cancer treatment. God damn it! Yeah, I'm a normal person. Or for just like food to eat, you know? Yeah, you know this account I like, have where I make fun of women for broadcasting, uh, like you know, like being honest about things that uh, may have happened to them. Uh, I need a couch. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to you need know, a place yeah. so I can sit for. You know, yeah. 10 hours a day playing whatever <laughs> cyberpunk 20 Yeah, my account million. where I bully women, um, I'm using it as a platform to raise money, actually, for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it to, um, you know, a good cause. You know, if I have a woman over, she'll have a couch to sit on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one less elf for her to post about and potentially get made fun of by me. <laughs> All right, I've got one more uh, kind of topic that we can cover today, and I think we'll get enough out of this to finish the episode. Uh, This is kind of what uh, drew me out of the fog and convinced me that I was able to do a podcast again. Uh, You guys remember Jerry Foxhoven? 
man. Yes. Mystery man, Jerry Foxhoven. I never stop thinking about Jerry Foxhoven. <laughs> He's the Tupac guy. He's a, yeah, he is the Tupac guy. guy. Yep. The only <laughs> Iowa government official who has been interviewed by Pitchfork. <laughs> That's right. Unreal. I would assume, at least. He's a dorky looking, you know, middle aged white man, but he, he likes a rap artist. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? That's why they fired him. <laughs> Can you believe it? There's they layers to this man. For his love of Tupac and not the experiments he did on people that were Well, I have my own theory about that. I think we'll get to it, though. Yeah, we can get to that. But um, first, I want I have something written by the man himself. I don't think we've ever talked about Bleeding Heartland on the podcast. We have, actually. Oh, no, have I, we? I think that it's come up a couple of times. We haven't really gone into I depth about it. I think we've cited them, yeah. Yeah, because okay. I've never... Times, I, I don't but, know much about them, but I, I mean, know that they've come up on here. They do, the first heard they do some good stuff sometimes. Yeah, I'm not, com- I'm not like, 100% burn it to the ground opposed, but right. uh, I'm not a big fan. No, yeah, they're... <laughs> yeah. Cornball. Uh, Stacey Walker <laughs> has written some stuff for them, so, you know, credit for that. Stacey's cool. irksome. Yeah. Irksome, yes. Yeah, so Bleeding Heartland, it's a it's a blog by Laura Bellin. Is that how you say her last name? Belland? <laughs> <laughs> Laura Belland, is that her last name? Uh, no. It's B-E-L-I-N. Yeah. Oh, I think you got it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, generally liberal. Kind of a local daily cost or something. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's accurate. Well, uh, they had a guest piece from Jerry Foxhoven, and it's called, hold on, I want to delay the title a little bit because it's just so funny. Okay. Uh, this came out on Monday, November 30th, uh, 2020. It has one comment on it on the blog side here. Uh, and the title is, I am pro-life. That's why I'm a Democrat. Nice. Okay. Wow. I'm sure this is some sort of uh, clever uh, euphemism or something, right? No one has ever tried to rebrand <laughs> pro-life before into something more palatable. Yeah, this is kind of a genre. Uh, Natalie, you have any opinions on the <laughs> the, the words here? I'm so fucking tired of, like, just stop pointing out the hypocrisy. Everyone knows they don't yeah. give a shit about anyone. You don't need to keep pointing out that they don't care about feeding kids. Like, just stop it. Stop. <laughs> I just, I'm so tired of being like, yeah, that's, that's not gonna, over. It, it's so long ago that we- You're not convincing that, anyone that with that. Uh, Jerry Foxhoven is an attorney, former law professor, and <clears throat> child advocate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quote unquote. A child, child advocate. Child advocate. Yeah, sounds like a a title from like a, a come town bit or something. <laughs> he has spent his career celebrating diversity and inclusion, and working to bring justice to Iowa's most vulnerable citizens. That's good. That's very noble of him. Do yeah. they even mention his term as Department of Human Services? <laughs> not not in that brief little biographical thing. No. Nobly privatizing Medicaid. <laughs> that Nobly. must have been when he was advocating children. Advocating <laughs> <laughs> I guess Department of Human Services, like that sounds gross too. That sounds almost as worse almost worse than child advocate. <laughs> <laughs> Servicing humans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The director of the human service. Well, here's what he has to say about his uh, pro-life Democrat existence. Republicans claim a monopoly on being, quote, pro-life, based solely on each party's stand on abortion. Being pro-life means more than controlling a woman's options on abortion and family planning. 
Governing in a way that is pro-life does not stop at the time of birth, but continues throughout life. Pro-life means respecting all lives, regardless of age, religion, gender, income, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender identity, <clears throat> physical or mental challenges, <clears throat> <laughs> and even political beliefs. It means respecting the differences between all of us and recognizing that everyone is entitled to recognition of their inherent dignity and worth. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I don't believe that at all. I think some people do not have inherent dignity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he did include even political beliefs in his, you know, list of discrimination vectors. Vectors. (laughs) Vectors of discrimination. (laughs) Like, I guess it is kind of like a disease. (laughs) When the term pro-life is given its full meaning, I am pro-life. And I am proud to belong to the party that encompasses the full meaning of that term. What's he going to say? What's he going to say? Oh, my God. The Democratic Party. The Democratic Party? Oh, really? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Nice. The horseshoe theory is real. (laughs) As Robert F. Kennedy said. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. I like that guy. Writes itself. We must recognize the full human equality of all of our people before God, before the law, and in the councils of government. We must do this not because it is economically advantageous, although it is, not because the laws of God command it, although they do, not because people in other lands wish it so. What? We must do it for the single and fundamental reason that it is the right thing to do. And I'm sorry I didn't do my uh, Kennedy impression when I read that. Again, I'm, I'm really tired. I'm not up for it. <laughs> he was, yeah, the the better of the, better. the whole clan. Yeah. <laughs> when Republicans do all they can to limit our citizens' right to vote, they are not pro-life. Oh my fucking god! I mean, what does that have to do with it? <laughs> I'm gonna make a uh, grammatical correction here. He says, uh, "Our citizens' right to vote," and he does apostrophe s, and it should be s apostrophe. Throw this well, in the they trash. only have one citizen they want. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> the Republicans are limiting our citizens' right to vote. You know, the citizen that we all share. <laughs> <laughs> it's one giant, <laughs> massive blob. <laughs> citizen. <laughs> As John Lewis said, <laughs> he's going to quote all the guys in this. The vote is precious. It is the most power, non-violent tool we have in a democratic society, and we must use it. Wait, so is there a more powerful, violent tool? Absolutely. I love the, I love the implication in here of like subtly reminding you, like, you know, you do have more powerful tools, though. <laughs> wink, wink. Have you considered burning down a bank? Okay. <laughs> yeah, especially coming from uh, John Lewis, you know. Yeah. I mean, he became, uh, you know, a bit of a lib later in life, but right. early on, he definitely yeah. knows there was some uh, other options available. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there were some uh, maybe more powerful tools. <laughs> but if we're not doing violence, the vote's our best one. But if we are, we can do a lot better. <laughs> Even that I don't really agree with, but I don't know, splitting hairs, I guess. Disputing the science of climate change to gamble the future of our grandchildren for the sake of business interests is not pro-life. 
You're right. Okay. So who oh is my it? fucking god, dude! <laughs> this guy again oversaw the privatization of Medicare <laughs> or Medicaid in Iowa. So like, like how much did that contribute to the pandemic? <laughs> yeah, no. Also, shit. like, if you don't want business interests to downplay chim- climate change, why the fuck are you in the Democratic Party? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for real. <laughs> Have you watched any of the debates? Advancing, quote, religious freedom by arguing for a right to discriminate against our LGBTQ friends and neighbors is not pro-life. I will note every time he says the phrase not pro-life, not is in bold. Oh, my God. Pretty cool stylistic choice. One thing I like is how original this is. (laughs) No one's ever written anything like this before. You know, I think by his definition of pro-life, you could like reasonably argue that china has a more pro-life society than united states (laughs) (laughs) not that he would ever make that argument but refusing to condemn the stain of racism and systemic racism is not pro-life neither is categorizing fights to end systemic racism as anti-police again democratic party i am interested like what does he mean when he says condemn the stain of racism and systemic racism are those two different things? Do you think that he thinks they're two different things? I mean, <laughs> like, actually? Or... Where did all these people learn the phrase systemic racism? And what the it's fuck from Twitter. They... It's from fucking <laughs> Twitter. Like, they don't seem to understand. They learned it from fucking, like, Tumblr twi- teens trying to fucking outwoke each other on Twitter. Oh, you think Jerry Foxoven was on Tumblr? <laughs> no, it's like Tumblr teens that are on Twitter now is what I said. Yeah, yeah. He has a Tupac Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the official. It's just gifts. Of He's back. still posting on it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he was, like, a part of the system in systemic racism, like, does he understand that? Does he <laughs> grasp exactly. that Exactly, he... they all just say systemic racism because yeah. it's the thing that... Or they'll be, like, dismantling systemic racism. It's like, you're in the fucking government. Like, what? <laughs> like... <laughs> Get to dismantling. That's you. Like, right, right. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Minimizing the deaths of people due to COVID 19 because they are old or in nursing homes, <clears throat> nursing homes, nursing homes is not pro life. Passing mental health reform without fully funding mental health services is not pro life. Guys, I have a really like excellent uh, punchline once we get to the end of this article. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, Placing every roadblock conceivable to destroy collective bargaining in order to ensure corporate profits at the expense of working men and women is not pro-life. Well, I'm glad he said it. (laughs) Somebody had to. Yeah, I mean, Democrats forget that one (laughs) pretty frequently when they're trying to make these bullshit inane arguments. (laughs) (laughs) Underfunding public education while cutting taxes is not pro-life. A quality education is the best way to help our most disadvantaged citizens achieve economic security. No, it's not. (laughs) Horace Mann said a human being is not attaining his full heights until he is educated. Uh, Natalie, what did you say is the the best way to help our most disadvantaged citizens? Money. Oh, is it that easy? (laughs) Yes. Is it really so easy? Yeah. It really is. Uh, Yeah, like... 90% 90% of the problem. Money. Yes. Give people money. Stop yes. it. Stop making us go to college. <laughs> <laughs> Arguing for tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations when the minimum wage is so low that families end up below the poverty line even when working two full-time jobs is not pro-life. 
According to the Iowa Department of Public Health, the average amount of SNAP benefits, what we once called food stamps, do we not call them that anymore? I thought they were two different things. No, I mean, it's... I guess it's because most people use the cards instead of actually. I think oh, sure. I think that like food stamps per se are, is, is different from SNAP. I I think I'm not positive though. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's more called I, like EBT now since it's yeah, on the card. Yeah, I think SNAP is like a supplemental thing that can just basically be used to purchase mostly like quote healthy foods. I think, but I'm not positive. I mean, regardless, food stamps don't exist anymore. It's EBT cards. Yeah, yeah. When I hear people say food stamps, I think it's usually just like a derogatory. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, the average amount of SNAP benefits per person in Iowa is $109.95 per month. That's less than $4 a day per person or $121 per meal per person. It is not pro-life to expect our most vulnerable citizens to have less than a dollar and a quarter to spend per meal while regularly advocating cuts in SNAP funding. It's so gross that this, like, (laughs) stuff isn't even discussed unless it's, like, a fucking clapback to Republicans. Yeah, no kidding. You know, it's, like, not even, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm sure your punchline is great coming up. (laughs) The average woman's unadjusted annual salary in the United States is 82% of that of the average man's. Allowing the gender wage gap to continue is not pro-life. <laughs> I mean, many Americans. <laughs> he's he's really dragging everything into this. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that seems like pretty unrelated. Yeah. Also, that could be solved by checks too. Yeah. Did I just keep saying about everything that can be solved by checks? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Just give people the money to. I live. mean, it is true. Like, if people can't have like the fucking basic necessities they need to live covered i mean it's kind of hard to work on anything else or like absolutely collect your like you know i just saw this there was a study in like kenya i think they did a study that showed like people's well-being improved more was like basically unaffected by like psychotherapy but was like significantly improved by just having more money like they just gave people money yeah right and like therapy can be so much more like successful if you have if you're living with the means to sort of stay alive while you're doing it, right. you know? Yeah. And you can discern, like, what is just me living in this horrific, brutal system starving? Right. And what is yeah. the trauma that I have that I need to work I think through. therapy is useful, but it's really annoying the way it's always, like, a silver bullet for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Where you it's like, that's your solution. Costs, you dumb yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> when they're like, why aren't men going to therapy? It's like, it's because it's fucking $250. What the yeah. fuck is wrong with you? Like, that's why I stopped going to therapy is my fucking <laughs> my therapist was out of network all of a sudden one year and I was like, well, I guess we'll just uh, stop the fucking five years of progress that we've made together. <laughs> it was nice knowing you, Mike. Stop telling people to go to therapy. It drives me crazy. Therapy is great, but no one can fucking afford it. Stop lecturing people like there's something wrong with them for not going. Yeah. And also, it's not Agreed. a silver bullet. It doesn't just fix all your problems immediately. It's not like no, people act a like process, it's a panacea. It, it's a process. Exactly. It's something you have to like invest in yourself. Yeah. Well, just, it it's, it's, like, it's like telling an addict just to get clean. <laughs> That's like, also stop. true. There, there's just something that just pisses me off so bad about like live fans on Twitter tweeting at men that they need therapy. Why aren't you getting therapy? <laughs> Like, yeah, you need to clean your bathroom, lady. That's what you need to do. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me to go to fucking therapy. Jordan seen... Peterson rules for women. <laughs> Damn, you live like this? <laughs> Lib, Lib Femmes get less therapy challenge 2021. <laughs> 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 it's not good for you.
I do know some people who have had just too much therapy. <laughs> <laughs> That's I've never thought. I I know exactly what you mean. I, That's I, very I can, very yeah. funny. <laughs> I never really thought it's that not though. Like a lot, but I do know a couple of people where I'm like, you should really stop doing so much therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you need evidence for therapy not being a silver bullet. Uh, for men specifically, I mean, just look at Tony Soprano, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, that's true. <laughs> Many Americans must choose between paying their rent and filling a prescription. Refusing to acknowledge that quality health care is a right for all citizens is not pro-life. So we just need to acknowledge that is all? Okay. Refusing to acknowledge that quality health care is a right for all citizens. Acknowledge. Once we've acknowledged it, we can be sufficiently pro-life. We don't need to do anything else. You just got to say it and acknowledge shoot it. off the tweet that calls it a human right. Yeah. <laughs> the Joe Biden method. No yeah. follow-up. Yeah, and the thing is, like, if Democrats actually pushed, like, half of those ideas, like, half as hard as they pushed the cultural narratives about, you know, all of this shit, mm-hmm. you could actually persuade these people. But you don't persuade them by just telling them, like, well, actually... You're not pro-life. Like, it's just so silly. Yeah. And finally, it is not pro-life to advocate that the government should interfere with a family's freedom to plan their own family while refusing to provide basic financial assistance, quality preschool, and other supportive social services when a family decides to bring a child into the world. Kind of redundant and kind of a long sentence, Jerry. Well, and it's kind of the thing of like, well, you do still have to have abortion. No matter what, like, mm-hmm. you know. You're a hypocrite, Jerry. <laughs> you, you do still need to be out available no matter how good the child care system is. Yeah, and that's something, I like, people have a hard time with that because they're just so, like, eked out by abortion. Like, it's physical reality. But, like, yeah, I mean, no matter how you feel about it, it has to be available. So, like, we will make it, the Liz Brunick, we will make it extinct by providing dope child care. It's like, I mean, it's like great and I love the the vision, but there are still lots of people who should get them. Like even if it would be, you know, much easier and less of a burden to raise a child than now. Because what if you just don't fucking want to? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like no matter how much money you have, you just don't want to. So. (laughs) And he ends this with maybe someday the Republican Party will become pro-life in the fullest sense of the term. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is that the punchline? <laughs> <laughs> Until that time, I am proud to call myself a Democrat. That's his punchline, but I have, <laughs> yeah. I have an additional. So, I mean, all the stuff he says in this, like pretty much all of it, is like, yes, I agree, true. But the fact that it's in the context of like promoting the Democratic Party, <laughs> they don't like meaningfully pursue most of the shit that he's bringing up here. And uh, the fact that it's coming from Jerry Foxhoven. So here's my uh, punchline. Again, this uh, Bleeding Heartland piece came out on November 30th. And then on December 2nd, so just a few days later, in Iowa Capital Dispatch, an article was published by Clark Kaufman. And it's titled, Lawsuit Claims Reynolds Staff AG's Office Approved Sexual Arousal Experiments at Glenwood. Whip ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Jesus Christ. And let me just uh, control F Foxhoven. We've got three results here. <laughs> uh, 
I'm skipping like a lot of the details here, but I mean, the headline gives you pretty much what you need to know. Glenwood is like an assisted living uh, facility for mm-hmm. mentally disabled people. It's a state run care facility. And uh, here's where Foxhoven's name first comes up. The petition in the case cites Glenwood staff meeting minutes from 2018, alleging those minutes indicate the experiments were discussed and approved by the highest levels of Iowa state government. The lawsuit claims the former director of the Iowa Department of Human Services, Jerry Foxhoven, discussed and approved the research with one of his top administrators at the time, Rick Schultz. The two then made plans to present the program to the governor's office, according to the lawsuit. So... He's saying all this stuff like everyone's, you know, rights need to be defended regardless of their ethnicity, religion. Unless. <laughs> Unless we can make money by yes. uh, using them as guinea pigs. It goes even <laughs> further than that, too, Unless because there were like my sexual arousal and, experiments. <laughs> that's like the sensational part. But like there's like an excess of deaths at that facility. There is yeah. also like abuse going on at uh, the Iowa like Boys Center or whatever it's called. I'm not sure what it's called, but there was like multiple issues at facilities that he yeah, had authority over. Yeah, there was a bunch of just horrible like staff morale, just terrible, just like. Uh, you know, it's like it's, it's like Unit Seven Thirty One, but it's Iowa nice. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> it's it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, and then the thing is, like Jerry Foxhoven oversaw a bunch of horrible things that happened, and then Kim Reynolds used that as justification for firing it. But right, given her response to COVID, I don't. I think that's a PR reason. Uh, um, there's a course. couple other things that's come out about Jerry. Uh, well, I mean, during, like I said, Iowa privatized Medicaid. There was like multiple insurers who pulled out of it because it was so, the program was so fucked up. And he said some things about it, I think publicly, um, right. kind of casting doubt on it. And then also what he said, uh, the real reason that he got fired, according to him, is that he was told to use DHS funds to pay for one of Reynolds' staffers. Yes. Which sounds very, very familiar because she just did the exact same thing with COVID <laughs> relief funds. Exactly. Like, yeah. Including her, like, spokesperson, like, uh, like highest political aides to her. And she's saying, like, oh, COVID relief funds can be used for staff salaries. And, like, and she's saying that, like, these people put in extra work. Computer systems, too. Yeah, there is that, too. But, yeah, specifically, like, they just basically came out of nowhere and, like, took money out of, like, COVID relief funds <laughs> um, and just to pay their staff, which, of course, have been bungling the fucking COVID response in the state. It's, like, one of the top three worst responses, I'm sure. There's a big article in The Atlantic about it. It's it's fucking crazy. Yeah. I think the only place worse than us is the one who hosted fucking Sturgis. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> our boys in South Dakota. Yeah. Shout out John and Matt. <laughs> uh, I will give just a little bit of information from this article just to, like, you know, make it clear what this is about. Uh, the lawsuit, it's a whistleblower lawsuit by uh, six former employees of the Glenwood Resource Center uh, seeking more than $10 million in damages from the state, claiming the wrongful discharge of the plaintiffs contributed to a drastic increase in patient deaths at the home. Uh, The plaintiffs in the case alleged they were ousted in retaliation for the concerns they expressed about the former Glenwood superintendent's efforts to alter the treatment plans of the profoundly disabled residents of the Western Iowa home and use them as, quote, guinea pigs in experiments related to sexual arousal. 
Jesus, there's like <laughs> pretty heinous what? shit. Very creepy. It's like the most deviant fucking shit you could possibly do. Yeah, and they say like, they have meeting minutes like with Jerry Foxhoven talking about and approving uh, these plans and It reminds about, me of the like are you taking fucking fucking notes during a fucking criminal conspiracy <laughs> yeah. thing from the wire? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, he's a pro-life Democrat. I've never, like, I don't understand, like, what they were intending to use. Like, what studies for what purpose? Like, it, it just is very strange. Yeah, I mean, there's some shit about, like, the the person that was in charge of running these experiments and stuff. Uh, but, <clears throat> I mean, I'd really, <laughs> I don't think we need to get, like, super yeah, yeah, details. Yeah. No, it's I like, agree. I, I'm just, I like, it just is so fucking... Yeah fucking creepy <laughs> like i get what you're saying but please don't read anything like that <laughs> yeah. they did sexual arousal experiments on profoundly disabled people right. against i mean you can't really yeah get there's consent for that. right right <laughs> and they fired people who had concerns over it and then they were short on staff and a bunch of people died because we're in a pandemic like i just can't imagine how such a thing would be justified what so what was their reasoning for this right. like i don't that's the thing that i um, obviously it's all horrible but to me that's who who commissioned this like who needed this data yeah what is yeah there's a lot that's i mean maybe there'll be more that comes out because it's yeah I, I assume they were able to get like some sort of research grant you know to yeah conduct this fucking tusky ass motherfucker <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's real nazi doctor shit yeah yeah we were actually just talking about the, uh, I pulled up the Wikipedia article for unethical human experimentation yes, in the United yes. States. Which yeah, is yeah, yeah. <laughs> very long and uh, interesting <laughs> subject, if you're so inclined. <laughs> yeah, if you I wouldn't necessarily not, recommend it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am not so inclined. <laughs> yeah. If you really want to dig into the evil of the United States, there it is. If you weren't convinced already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's what I have prepared for today. You guys have any any further thoughts you'd like to contribute to to those two topics? <laughs> nah. <laughs> how how much longer you want to talk for? I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's. I think we painted a pretty clear picture of what's going on for the listeners. Yeah, I think we we did our duty. I do want to acknowledge, like on the show, like recorded audio wise, uh, why we were not making the show for a month. Um, I posted on our Patreon. It's a free post, so anyone can read it. Um, but our friend uh, Hannah Colton committed suicide on November 10th last month. The four of us, we went to the same high school. Like Most of the people involved with our show all went to Washington High School in Cedar Rapids. And Hannah was uh, also a student there and was like a huge, just extremely active person in all sorts of like extracurricular activities like academic stuff basically she was everywhere all the time and like mm. friends with everyone <laughs> just like an extremely nice and smart productive motivated person and as an adult she got into radio journalism she moved to alaska for a couple years and then she for the last few years she lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico. She was the news director for KUNM, which is a college radio station at the University of New Mexico, and uh basically all of her reporting was like extremely serious. <laughs> like she she had similar ideological uh commitments and beliefs that we do on the show, but 
because of her job, she was a lot more professional and serious about it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had to see more of it all the time. Yeah. I, I specifically remember seeing her reporting about the um, protests in New Mexico and mm-hmm. like she live streams, which like, I'm sure, I mean, they're, they're horrible, obviously. Yeah. The last time that we interacted, cause we were like close, but not like every day close, you know, we weren't mm-hmm. like constantly talking to each other, but we did try to spend time together every time we were near each other. Like when she visited home or in February, when I drove through Albuquerque, we stayed at her place. Uh, but the last time I interacted with her was when she was live streaming from a BLM protest that had been kind of uh, counter-protested and overrun by a bunch of pissed-off white people. And she was just, like, you know, constantly in the middle of that stuff. The horrible stuff that we discussed briefly in that Fox Oven article, like, she was constantly immersed in that and, like, trying to report on it, trying to make people care about it. And I guess, I mean, it just was too much. There seems to be, uh, I mean, when you do something like, we do i mean we we do this for fun like this is something that we get together and we you know these relatively horrible things that we talk about and we kind of find a way to laugh at them i guess but not everyone's sort of afforded that luxury especially if it's you know the line of work that you're in to be very serious about it and i can't imagine having to walk that line where you have to be invested in this and you have to let it hit you with full force uh just the toll that that sort of thing would take on a person after a while. Yeah. So that happened and I I felt like I wasn't really able to speak into a microphone or really do anything for for a few weeks. I, I spent the month pretty much checked out of everything because it's, I don't know, it's hard not to feel just completely hopeless after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something I think that it's especially been put into I mean, a lot of people are feeling that way, and especially like right now. And it's I don't I don't know what the solution is because there's there's not one. I mean, you yeah. just right. you sort you, of it's you have to find something to bury yourself in. I mean, you guys know me like I bury myself in work, like I bury myself in like playing video games for five hours a day when I'm not working. You know, like it's I just you you, you can't like I don't know how we can expect any person to like. Like, that's what you do is you, you you don't escape it. Like, that's what you live in is that world. You know, it's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> like I said, like, she was, like, one of the nicest people I've ever known. Oh, God, like, yeah. Extremely um, motivated and productive. And, like, if she's going out that way, like, how the fuck am I, <laughs> like, how is anybody supposed to be able to deal with this? But here I am. <laughs> Still yeah. alive a month later, I guess. And we're very glad you are. Well, yes. thanks. Yeah, I'm glad everyone yeah, I, is alive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good start. I, I miss doing the podcast. I mean, I I understand absolutely. Yeah, why you had to take some time off and why you wouldn't want to. I mean, because yeah, like Chuck said, it's like even just doing this, like even like we're all I think pretty we read doom scrolling Twitter, <laughs> like like yeah, yeah, yeah Chuck said. So like we're all we're all plugged into it as well, but also it's not something that we do for. No, work. We don't carry the weight of it around. Like, right. We, we do, but not like that, you know? Right. And it's like, you can't feel guilty for that, I don't think. Um, you just got to find what works for you and what you can do and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. Well, I think we've acknowledged that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have uh, 
so she hannah came on my music radio show in summer 2019 so i have like a two and a half hour (laughs) recording of her uh talking with me and a friend of the show david claire so i listened to that the other day just kind of remembering a nice time that we had together and i i cut out a little clip from that where i was talking to her about uh weird dreams that i've been having recently and then she kind of tells me like what she thinks is going on in my subconscious <laughs> as a result of those dreams and i i think that's it's kind of a revealing clip about like who she was as a person like what she was thinking about and how she treated her friends so i'll put that i'll i'll probably put a little bit of music here and then i'll put that at the very end thanks everybody for listening thanks to our uh, patreon subscribers for continuing to support the show uh, I know we didn't put out anything for a full month, and most of the people stayed subscribed, so that's very very nice of you to stick it out. Um, we will be putting out more content soon. I'm planning on doing some research for uh, episodes entirely focused on a couple of our outgoing congressmen, Steve King and Dave Loebsack. Yeah. <sighs> Dave Loebsack is a very boring person, so we, we may have to do one episode with both of them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. Like, the idea, I, I like, forgot. I uh, Like, Dave Loebsack, I, I forgot that he was already in that seat. Like, we've talked about that <laughs> race, like, multiple times. And we've, like, joke about Le- Dave Loebsack frequently. But, yeah. like, I forgot he actually is a sitting member of Congress. Yeah, he's, he's still got about a month. Yeah. outro for them. <laughs> <laughs> Make, like, a little- like I did with the uh, John Delaney thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'll plan on it. Okay, so uh, we've got more stuff coming. Uh, I, sh- I should be able to produce podcasts more effectively now. Uh, Stella and I are going to be doing a recording tomorrow all about first ladies. Yeah, it's been a while Ooh. since we had one of those. <laughs> they are the Rock Art Gargus lady. Talk about the various female ghouls who are our overlords and all the bullshit decor <laughs> projects they do <laughs> just based based on the type of energy i think this one's going to have i think that if you're listening to this you're you're definitely not going to want to miss the next episode of of their segment of their yes. their program yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to that <laughs> I, I think that's Melania meat trees yeah yeah that's what <laughs> i was thinking of. I yes Melania so much you guys Jill Biden is bullshit. Canceled. I love Melania. <laughs> Melania is a fucking cold Slavic monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tall and hot and hates humanity and hates doing any of this and like attempts to just stay in her room all the time. And when they haul her out to do shit, she like writes be best in a crayon and (laughs) 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 decor Uh, made of piles of meat i just love her uh, yeah i think that's (laughs) a great way to reboot the patreon (laughs) (laughs) listen (laughs) fuck jill biden fuck it and they're gonna try and tell us she's a fucking doctor fuck that no (laughs) melania all the way melania is a real doctor Yes. Melania is the doctor of, of Ice Queen. Love it. <laughs> totally soulless. Like, she's not faking it. She's not going out there telling you she cares about feeding school children or keeping kids off drugs. She's just like, fuck you. This is about bullying. All I do is bully. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more bullying in the schools, actually. More bullying in the schools. 
scarier decorations, and then I quit doing decorations. <laughs> it's like all when the Krampus we, decorations in the White House. When <laughs> scary death hallway, then quit. I'm bored. <laughs> There's no Santa where I come from. Only Krampus who eats children that are naughty. <laughs> no presents. <laughs> All right, well, until next time, uh, stay alive, everybody, and be best. (laughs) (laughs) Be best. I've been having a lot of weird dreams lately, by the way. Like, I yeah. I mostly don't remember dreams, but, like, in the past few weeks, I've just been having super vivid and, like, distressing dreams. Is there any theme? Not really. This is a like, dream show now. I, <laughs> yeah. Like, the other night, I had a dream that my mom wanted to have another kid, and I was like, listen, I'm 30. <laughs> you sh- I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> Did you tell Vicky about that? I haven't yet. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would not look. I don't think it's physically a reality at this point. <laughs> I mean, there's always adoption. Yeah, sure, sure. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. And then I had a dream that like I was working at some sort of event, and there were other staff members working this event that I. I didn't really know, but, like, I was working with them. And, like, throughout this event, I discovered that they were planning, like, this terrorist event with a bomb. And I was, like, implicated in it because I was working with them. But I I didn't know, like, how I could affect the situation in any way. Very weird. That's, like, too real. <laughs> not, that, not that people you know are involved in a terrorist <laughs> attack planning mission, but just, like, the... You probably do work a lot of events with people you sort of don't know. Yeah, right? yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, so that part is like direct from the data. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess my subconscious is like telling me you don't know these people, you can't trust them. But but no, the not trusting part is like just the feeling, the anxiety of being a part of systems that you feel are like unjust or like not doing maybe the absurdity not doing of right, the dream, which is so real mm-hmm. for all of us probably. Yeah. The absurdity of the dream is maybe pointing out the absurdity of that feeling and that maybe people can be trusted. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I've been, <laughs> I've worked, I've worked so many events like that before, and no one has ever brought a bomb. So it's <laughs> not to say it's never happened, but yeah, but it's probably, probably not going to happen to me. Mm. Yeah.